Welcome to the Passion Harvest podcast audio series. Thank you so much for listening today. I am Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. If you would like to watch this episode, please head over to our Passion Harvest channel on YouTube. We love taking you on a journey to discover your passions. Thanks for listening. Hello, passionate listeners and watchers. Welcome to Passion Harvest. I am Louisa, your host. Thank you so much for joining me wherever you are in the world right now. I'm excited about our guest today, Dr. Kevin Kroninsky. Dr. Kevin Kroninsky appeared to have it all. A trained medical doctor, Kevin served in the C-suite of several high-profile biotechnology and medical device companies. But despite leading a life deemed outwardly successful, he lived with a deep background of anxiety, fear and stress. Kevin left his corporate role and spent three years in a self-described ashram, turning away into relative isolation as a way to find a direct path to recognise one's true nature. He's the author of The Still Point. This is his story and this is his passion. Kevin, welcome to Passion Harvest. I'm so excited to share your story today. Nice to be here, Louisa. Um, I'd love to start with your story, and gosh, it has probably so many parallels with many of the audience about your journey of fear and anxiety in, in your corporate role and wanting more. How, how did that sort of evolve, if you don't mind discussing that, and, and the courage to leave? Yeah. Well, I think the, the fear and the anxiety really waxed and waned since early childhood. So that was something that was a part of my life um, really since I was, a, I was a young boy. The, the, um, the, the corporate, the, the mention of, uh, of leaving the, the, the corporate world behind or mostly leaving the corporate world behind really came just at the end of a period of about a decade of what I would call spiritual seeking. Uh, I had mentioned that I had, I had found the Course in Miracles and was really um, <clears throat> applying a Course in Miracles. At some point, it became clear that this had, <clears throat> this had gotten me. It had, uh, you know, it had, it had pulled me in to the point where um, I felt really compelled to go deeper. And that really uh, entailed stepping away, moving, and moving into an environment where um, I could really investigate uh, investigate this a, a little a, a little more deeply or a lot more deeply in 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 that regard and that's that's the reason or that's how that kind of all came uh, came about I'd love to discuss a course in miracles in a little while but um Many people are in roles, in jobs, and, you know, we all have bills to pay and mortgages and whatever it might be, but to overcome the fear of taking that leap and doing what feels really right. How did, could you mind exploring that a bit more for, in the hope that you may inspire others, obviously, not, not don't quit your job immediately, but um, that it might inspire others to live their passions, which is what this show is all about. Yeah, and I mean, in my case, it was suffering. You know, in, in my case, it was a lot of suffering and um, the recognition because of A Course in Miracles, it was the recognition that 
the suffering was was due to being firmly with the ego um, and 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 really uh, living within that ego thought system. And the suffering just got to a point where uh, that what initially was that little willingness to begin to question all of my beliefs, um, it, it became the uh, it, 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 there just came a time where things kind of aligned and there was a little bit of a crack in everything so that I could take that opportunity to move and to really go in, go inward. And, you know, when I did that, other things kind of, you know, began to align over the, over the first few years uh, of doing that. But it, it is true. There, there, there was a leap that was necessary uh, to take. And, you know, that, that always takes a little bit of, a little bit of courage to, step away from something you've been doing um, for, for so very long. Um, and do you mind just exploring the suffering a bit more? How, how, what suffering as in unhappiness? What sort of suffering was it? Every, I mean, no doubt we'll all experience suffering in our life, but what was the suffering for you? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I mentioned in, I mentioned in the book that um, in, in a certain aspect, it was relationship driven. I had gotten into a relationship that was very intense and, uh, you know, initially very fulfilling, but then became very conflicted and, and um, very, a very difficult, troubled, conflicted relationship. And within that, uh, within that recognition, um, there was also <clears throat> the inability to move away from it. There was something compelling about it. There was something that kept drawing um, me back, kept drawing both of us back in a sense. And it created a, uh, the ability, it, you know, the ability to not to escape. It, it was something that was, um, it was very apparent that the only way through this was to actually face the conditioned ego structure and to begin to drop that ego structure. So that suffering really on top of the, um, the anxiety that I had mentioned that I had had since, since being a child, just really combined <clears throat> into this recognition that for a life that most people would look at and say, this is a pretty good life. It's a you know, successful life and whatnot. It didn't feel that way. You know, it, 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 didn't, um, it didn't feel that way. And it, it became, at least it became clear to me that there, there had to be a, um, another way. Again, this is, uh, initially there was that decade of, and there were some gains in studying A Course in Miracles, but really in moving and, and stepping outside of, uh, of the world of, you know, the corporate world, uh, there was an ability to completely immerse myself. And I found something called the direct path, um, which uh, really pulled everything together for me um, and really took this exploration, if you will, from an intellectual uh, exploration to a felt knowing understanding, a felt, um, a felt understanding of, um, of, of my true nature. And uh, that really changed things very quickly. I love that. It's also, you know, the feeling experience, it's, it's it, direct guidance, how to trust into your guidance and your intuition. Um, I don't know what the direct path is. Do you mind um, sharing that a little bit more? Sure. Yeah. The, the direct path is um, simply where we, 
inquire into our self-aware nature directly. And in the book, I mentioned many times this simple question we can ask ourselves, are we aware? We ask ourselves that question, it bypasses the mind. We, uh, we go, if you will, immediately to our direct sense of being aware. And that aware being that we are, that we all are, is shared. It's, it's something that we recognize is ever present, as well as something that is unlimited. It, it has no borders or, or boundaries. And over time, our identity begins to shift away from the belief in being the body and the mind to the recognition that we are the awareness that knows uh, the experience of the body and the experience of, of, of the mind. Oh, I love that. Um, and obviously that would help you move through your fears. Um, it's so hard and it's so different for everyone and whatever fears they have. We all have different fears. Some are real, some are not real. What, what would be your advice or some steps for people that want to take that next jump or the leap, how to move through their fear? Yeah, I, I, um, I think it's very important to recognize uh, our, our true nature of being as a, as a first step, at least in terms of the way that the direct path goes. Um, it's quite difficult to try to pick off individual fears or anxieties or problems. There's a, you know, this old uh, uh, kind of spiritual paradigm or spiritual quote where they talk about, you know, you're pruning the leaves from the banyan tree. And by the time you get to the end, you turn around and they've all regrown, grown back. So you really have to get to the root of it. And for me, the, the getting to the root was really understanding what my true nature was, understanding the uh, that it's whole and complete and fulfilled already, um, as opposed to, you know, attempting to pick off fears in, individually. You don't need anything external outside of you to complete you. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And this helped you overcome your fears and I mean, create the life that you've created for yourself now. Um, Let's talk about A Course in Miracles. I think it's amazing for those that don't know. Do you, it's hard to put in one sentence, but if you don't mind just talking about it a little bit, I, I, I think that would be yeah. great. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, I mentioned, you know, in the book, The Course in, in, in Miracles is this beautiful psycho-spiritual um, work. And it, it is a work of non-duality. It is a work that um, points to our, our true nature. It's... It's a uh, progressive. It's a progressive path in that, in many ways, what the course does is is it gently unwinds the mind from this uh, egoic centric approach, this belief in form, this um, belief that we have that we are our body and our mind. You know, we affiliate ourselves with our thoughts and our feelings and our and our feelings in terms of our actual identity. So the course slowly begins to unwind that um, un unwind unwind the mind in that regard and <clears throat> it begins to remove the blocks to the awareness of love's presence which is very appropriate because what we are is we're already present our being is always already present it's immutable it's whole it's complete it's 
not something that has to be uh, striven for or um, achieved. It is simply um, that we have we have put blocks up to its its awareness in terms of our identification with our, our thoughts and our and our feelings. So the course really um, unwinds you, unwinds one from that, and it's also written in a language that's kind of consistent, particularly for if someone was. Uh, you know, if someone grew up in the Judeo-Christian tradition, either in the Jewish tradition or as a Christian or a Catholic, uh, the language is very familiar. And that can be very, very helpful because a lot of our uh, dogmatic uh, beliefs um, are, um, can often be focused around, you know, religion and, and how those religions affected us as, as we were conditioned growing up. Yes, it's certainly non-denominational. I have to say I haven't done the whole course, but I've looked at pieces of it. It's, it's, a, it's very simple. It's 365 days, one sentence or one paragraph to uh, repeat during each day. Yeah, there's a, that's the... Um, uh, simple the version. Workbook, <laughs> the workbook, yeah, exactly. There's also a text which is quite big and, you know, quite, quite wordy. But, <clears throat> but again, it's, a, um, it's very much of a progressive... Uh, a progressive approach, and it does a great job. I think you know one of the one of the great aspects of a course in miracles is that it people know very quickly whether it's for them or not. You know, it, it, it people will pick it up, and if it resonates, it resonates, and if not, then not. And and you know that's fine as well. Um, so yeah, it's a it tends to meet the mind where the mind is, and that can be very very helpful. Yeah. Um, you talk about after you left the corporate role, you've exiled yourself in a self-described ashram and you isolated yourself. Do you mind just talking about that and how that helped you heal or recognize who you truly are? Yeah, it, you know, the, um, the, the days were really, uh, really focused around a continual awareness of of, of uh, the reactions to, to life. There was certainly a lot of solitude and stillness, meditation, if you will. Um, and it was, really, uh, it was really during that time that there were, um, you know, there were, there were other things that, that happened. It was really during that time that this, this recognition became a felt living recognition. And from, from that period going forward, this, uh, this never-ending work of really realigning the, uh, realigning the mind and re realigning the way that you live and that you, you, you interact with others and, and how you react you know, to the world. Um, the progressive dropping of the egoic conditioning um, became a, a full-time, you know, kind of a full-time, a full-time job, if you will, at that, at that point. Um, I completely understand egoic and the ego and ego <coughs> conditioning. How would you define it for the audience that might not completely understand what that means? Well, you know, we're conditioned really from shortly after birth. Initially we're conditioned by, of course, our parents. Uh, we're, um, we are this world that we live in is a materialist world and we are conditioned, <clears throat> excuse me, we're conditioned 
from a very young age. And then the educational systems will, um, will condition our mind as well to believe really that we are, you know, it, 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 there's a continual reinforcement of our identity and form. And you can see that with the way, uh, you know, the way that the body is, uh, of course, you know, idolized in, in society and our mind and our thoughts. And we're, we're, really, um, we're really taught to follow those and, and to uh, embrace our uniqueness. We, we don't ever, in fact, at least in my, in my case, and I think in most people, that I've spoken to, you know, no one in the course of their educational system has had anyone say, instead of <clears throat> looking for more information or studying more information out there, um, turn around and ask, you know, what is it that knows your experience? You know, that's, that's just not a part of, uh, has not been a part of the general education system um, on planet earth now, you know? So um, <clears throat> we get lost in identification with our thoughts and with our feelings. And our thoughts <clears throat> and our feelings are ephemeral things. You know, our thoughts and our feelings uh, come and go all the time. You know, thoughts last a few seconds. So we are, are identifying ourselves with the transient. And then we're very surprised when things like anxiety and fear pop up because we've completely ignored our ever stable sense of ever present self-aware being, which doesn't come and go, which is whole and complete in and of itself. You also talk about happiness as we, many people just experience moments of happiness um, and it's usually due to events or external circumstances, but you also talk about how to achieve long-term happiness, lasting happiness. Do you mind sharing that with the audience? Sure. And I think it's important to recognize that, for example, when, we're, when we were young um, and we had a desire for something, maybe we, uh, we wanted, you know, if we were a little girl, we wanted a doll or we wanted a, uh, a baseball glove, some object. And we got that object. We were happy. We were happy for a period of time. It is actually the lack of desire. It is the desirelessness in that acquisition that created that happiness. But the mind, of course, encouraged by society, places the happiness on the acquisition of the object. And that's never the case. If that were the case, we would remain happy. But of course, we don't remain happy. We eventually get bored with it, and then we want to acquire another object. So we're trained to constantly look for happiness via the acquisition of some object. And that object could, of course, be a relationship. It could be a house. It could be a job. It could be money, whatever that might be. The true happiness comes from the alleviation of the desire, of the want. So when we come to recognize what we are, the still point, this is happiness itself because our true nature is whole and complete. It's desirelessness itself. It desires or wants nothing. Um, it accepts all experience as, as is. It's the mind, the conditioned mind, the ego mind that continually plays that script over and over again that we learned when we were little children um, in 
that continual search for happiness in, in the acquisition of some, in, of some new object. It's a great, thank you for, you explained that really, really well. So it's almost in essence, uh, retraining our egoic mind not to be the dominant force in our consciousness. Yeah, it's, it's, it's to, it's, you know, it's to see the ego is simply a mistaken belief. You know, the, um, the ego, it's very important not to fight the ego, not to try to mold the ego, not to try to make the ego better. It's enough to simply see that the belief in um, identification with form is simply false. And when we do that, we can then begin to rest as our true nature over and over again. And we begin to create that separation between our being and our mind. And over time, the peace and the happiness that is our actual ever-present being, the sense what we call I our entire life, <clears throat> it begins to, it just begins to permeate everything. And then we see a progressive increase in peace and happiness going forward. I found that with my personal experiences as well, when I'm in a more state of gratitude, of love, of happiness, that within my external landscape completely transforms. Yes, yes, absolutely. Now, I love the title of your book, The Still Point. Do you mind sharing pieces of it or Everyone loves tips and tools or whatever you'd like to share with the audience about your book and congratulations. Oh, thank you. The, you know, the still point it, it's, I think, and I mentioned that I was just sitting in meditation one day and the, and the thought came up that a book would um, be written called the still point. I, and I didn't really like the title. Uh, <laughs> I, I like, like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's funny, though, you know, it, it took years before the first words actually came. And it really seemed to only come around that, around that, around that title. So I, I suppose it was meant to be written as such. It's important to note that, you know, all words are only pointers to our true nature. And the still point in terms of labeling uh that which can't be labeled, that which ultimately can't be spoken of. It's another, it's, it's, it's simply another name, you know, that um, uh, traditions, the, the spiritual traditions, religious traditions have used innumerable names. So it's, the still point is completely synonymous with Holy Spirit or consciousness or awareness or presence or Tao, um, any, any of these, any of these names really. So there's, you know, there's nothing special or unique um, about the name, but it seemed to be an appropriate pointer to our true nature. And really, that's, uh, that's how that came up. That's great. Um, well, since this is a show about passion, what's your advice for people to follow or live their passions? That's two questions. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, you know, I mentioned in the book that when we, if we begin to, uh, everyone wants to be happy. You know, happiness is, is, is the one thing that we all have in common, the desire for happiness. That desire is ultimately a pull from ourselves to ourselves. It's a pull from the still point. You can call it grace, if you will. But the only way for us to truly find lasting happiness is to recognize that our ever-present nature is happiness itself. So 
I always uh, would say that <clears throat> prioritize that, you know, make that a um, make that a part of uh, of your day, um, because when one begins to get established in that, the personality in many ways, the true personality, um, it, it shines. You know, it, it will shine with that. There are aspects of the personality that may um, may drop away uh, because they were they were perhaps more driven by an egoic agenda, but the true personality will, will come, will come through and will come through brightly and whatever gifts you have, which you may not even know, you know, you may not even have, have been aware that you have will come, will come through at that point. I guess on a final note, I would, I've asked all the questions. Is there something you'd like to share with the passion harvest audience that I haven't asked you? Well, you know, um, I, I think that it's uh, in, for 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 most people. There's a um, there's a natural there's a natural point that people come come to a recognition where they they realize and they feel like there must there just must be another way. You know, whether it is anxiety or whether it is depression or whether it's um, it's suffering, which always entails resistance in some way. There's a natural a natural point that, you know, that people come to where they begin to turn around and they begin to look, you know, for for uh, for other options. And it's it's I think it's really important not to force that, you know, so as much as I love talking about this and as much as I think it's. Uh, it's great to um, to have you know to have this as um, as as an option. It's it's also really important to recognize that when when people are still very excited by moving outward by the acquisition of whatever it is they believe that they want to acquire, they should do that. You know, they 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 should not they should not you know, try to avoid that or, or try to go in if they don't inward, if they don't feel that that is, you know, what they need to do. We have to come to that place organically and naturally. So, you know, as Joseph Campbell, uh, the great comparative mythologist said, follow your bliss, you know, follow your bliss, follow your passion. If you're doing that, you know, regardless of anything else, you're on the right path. What a beautiful way to end the show. <laughs> Kevin, thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest. Thank you. Thank you very much, Louise. I appreciate it very much. And thank you for, uh, thank you for putting up with my uh, coughing and sniffling. Oh, thank you for coming when you're, not, when you're on the recovery. So thank you so much. Complete pleasure. Take Bye, care. Bye, Kevin. That is the end of our passionate episode. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends and spread the passion. As always, every day, may you be more and more passionate.